I am so lucky. I have returned to Ashland, Oregon, the home of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. I've, I've, I've returned as a tourist, and it's very, very smoky, but it's such a great time to be here because I'm going to see so many great shows, which I'll tell you about later, but I'm also sitting here with OSF's literary director, Amritha Ramanan, yeah. who has not only bought me coffee, but is going to answer my first question, which is... What the hell does a theater need a dramaturg for a 400-year-old dead playwright? <laughs> oh, I love that question. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 621, Processing the Process. Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon has just announced its 2019 season, which features a world premiere from our friend Octavio Solis, their first production of Paula Vogel's Indecent, which OSF commissioned as part of their American Revolution series, a bilingual La Comedia of Errors, and productions of As You Like It and All's Well That Ends Well. I guess they've gotten back to the A's. So it seemed like the perfect time to share with you my highly caffeinated conversation with OSF's literary director and dramaturg, Amritha Ramanan, who began our conversation by telling me about her role at Oregon Shakespeare Festival. play is actually a new play. We treat Shakespeare the same way that we treat, you know, plays that are world premieres. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, what I think is really meaningful about dramaturgy at an institution like OSF is you have this combination of institutional dramaturgy and production trauma, dramaturgy and both, you know, work and live in harmony. And so at, in my role as literary director, I altogether dramaturg the seasons. I help plan the, you know, the seasons for the 11 shows that we have on the main stage. I, um, I really think about the artistic programming and the different tracks of programming with our artistic director and our senior artistic staff. And then I also work on each individual production, uh, you know, either as a dramaturg or supporting other dramaturgs that we hire. And, you know, with the needs of each production, dramaturgy is one of those beautiful, vast, holistic, you know, practices where you really, you know, start talking to the director and the playwright and you figure out, you know, what is the need in terms of supporting the vision and how do you actually reach a point of, you know, contextualization that can really support support the cast engagement with the work and then ultimately the audience's engagement right. with the work. And so, you know, this year, for example, I've dramaturged Henry V, Oklahoma, and Snow and Midsummer. So I got the full gamut between, wow. you know, a Shakespeare, a musical that's been reimagined through a new vision, and then a contemporary play with its newest premiere. Yeah. And with each of those, you know, it's been a really interesting experience to see with the Shakespeare, you know, well, first of all, I have to admit this, which is probably going to get me, you know, in a lot of <laughs> trouble. But, you know, there's no Shakespeare play that we produce at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival that we don't analyze and consider in terms of, you know, what are the textual cuts, what are the ways in which it is restructured, how does it live and breathe in today's world. So every Shakespeare play, you know, you look at it as if you're working with playwright by, you know, with Shakespeare as a playwright by your side and thinking about, okay, you know, maybe this worked in your time, but how does that feel now? And maybe this actually makes sense in this moment in terms of the, you know, the conceptualization or the vision that the director has. So, now, that doesn't strike me as controversial, what you just said. I'm 
glad to hear that because yeah. some people consider it controversial. You know, there's this interesting relationship to kind of the pure, you know, the purest nature of Shakespeare. But in reality, I feel like, you know, Shakespeare ultimately wanted work to support engagement with his society. He was a populist. He wanted to make sure the masses could engage. And so I feel like when we look at a Shakespeare play now, we have that same mandate. And that usually involves analyzing the text and saying, well, what actually has meaning for us? What can we automatically grasp? And, you know, in the words of Dr. Louis Douthat, our amazing director of Play On, she's like, you know, usually you get about 60%, you know, immediately. Uh -huh. So how do you deal with the other 40%? And how do you actually carry, you know, the sense of engagement? So that's so much of the work of what we have to do with Shakespeare in terms of, like, figuring out, okay, you know, the intent of the text, and then what does it mean today, and how do we transform and translate, and then how do we, you know, share a concept and share a vision and put that all together? Well, I, it, it's, so, that, it's so funny because I don't think purists understand that Shakespeare himself was doing modern dress productions in his day. Absolutely. He was doing modern dress productions. He was constantly, you know, the pages were, you know, coming and going based on, you know, reaction from his ensemble. You know, he, he actually was a divisor, and that's what most people don't accept, yes, that, you know, he generated work in, in a devised company fashion. Using that, the know. talents of the company he had to hand. Yeah, and absolutely, absolutely. And creating untraditional casting. Yeah. Using untraditional casting in which men played women. Absolutely. So yeah. with that, you know, when I often talk to purists and they're like, you know, I want I want Shakespeare the way it was done. I was like, oh, so you want men to play all the female parts and you want, you know, like, and you want it in modern dress, which, you know, we more often do than not. Yeah, yeah. But it's really thinking about, you know, often what is the ethos and identity of Shakespeare's work and how can we honor that as a Shakespeare festival yeah. and especially with our company. So when yeah. we're looking at our Shakespeare plays, we look at the company that's involved and we really make it about, you know, the co-ownership between Shakespeare and the company of actors that we have yeah. today yeah. and how they develop the world. Yeah. Well, and, and, and if a director's job, if, if one of a director's jobs is to get the actors and everybody, production team, all on the same page, yeah. that's also the dramaturg's job. Absolutely, you know? yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, often dramaturgs can provide that really great, you know, sense of memory and connective tissue mm -hmm. where, you know, I usually start my conversations with directors asking them the questions about, you know, where the play holds meaning and urgency for them and what is their vision for how it will be presented. Yeah. And, you know, usually you find a point in the rehearsal process where you have to just go back to that and check in and say, hey, this is something that you said earlier. Does that still, you know, yeah. hold weight in terms of what you're what you're envisioning? And then really looking at the design holistically and saying, does that match the vision? Is it cohesive? Is it connected? And is it also something that we as an audience can receive? And, yeah. and do the directors say, ah, shut up, or <laughs> damn it, you're right? Depending on who it is, you right. know? <laughs> and at what time of the, uh, whether it's two in the morning and right. on a big Right, right, right. But more often than not, you know, I do think there is something, um, you know, Barry Kraft, who's a, a phenomenal dramaturg and an actor who's been with the Oregon Shakespeare Festival for, you know, about 30 years, often talks about, you know, how he he's the role of gadfly and that it's essential for dramaturgs to be gadflies in terms of our sense of interrogation. And that's actually what I think we have to do, even if it's not always pleasant on the other side. <laughs> that's, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to start calling my wife from now on, my gadfly. <laughs> yeah. Um, talk to me about how, so I was, I was, I was mostly kidding about where, what the hell does a dramaturg yeah. do or a Shakespeare company, but, but talk to me about how OSF is bringing in new playwrights. You're doing, you're developing a lot of new work yeah. here, which I, it feels like has been a change to the traditional uh, uh, mandate of the festival. Yeah, you know, what I think is, uh, I definitely have to give, you know, Bill Rauch and my art, my colleagues, Allison Carey and Julie Dubner and Louis Douthat so much, you know, credit for, you know, 
over the last 12 years, you know, th there was definitely new work that was being generated at OSF well before then under, yeah. you know, um, artistic director Labib Apple and others. But I, you know, I do think that Bill came in with a particular vision that really wanted to focus on the commissioning and development of new work with you know, these grand, you know, these grand commissions that were in cycles that had thematic, you know, connectivity. It's, it's interesting because I do feel like, you know, I hear from audience members both whom love, you know, the amount of new work that we produce and develop and those that are like, well, you know, as a Shakespeare festival, doesn't that feel contradictory to, produ you know, produce as much new work? But you think of Shakespeare and you think, well, Shakespeare was a new playwright of his time that was generating work regularly. So in order to honor his name, we actually need to be, you know, heavily focused on new play development. Yeah, you are creating the next generation of comedies, tragedies, histories, and romances. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I mean, it's, you know, it's a really full canon that we have to create and I feel we have the responsibility to. So that's been very exciting. Uh, and, you know, this festival has undergone an interesting trajectory around, you know, those that you talked to who had never worked with a living playwright up until the last 12 years. And now how, you know, the presence of living playwrights and their work is, is something that's so regular at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And I'll admit it, I mean, I went into the field of dramaturgy for a number of reasons, but one that was very central is because I love writers and I wanted to support writers in their journey. And the process of being able to develop work with writers is, is just a tremendous gift. And it's something that I do feel really honors the mission and vision of this festival. Hi, this is Octavius Solis, longtime Bay Area playwright, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Our 2018-2019 tour of William Shakespeare's long-lost first play, Abridged, The Ultimate Christmas Show, Abridged, and the complete works of William Shakespeare, Abridged, Revised, continues this week in Lynchburg, Virginia, then continues on to 22 more cities in 18 different states featuring 11 different actors and three different stage managers. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Amritha Ramanan. Six weeks ago, in episode 615, I spoke at length with Julie Felice Dubner about OSF's American Revolutions project. Projects. So I asked Amritha about OSF's other programs devoted to creating new work. Talk to me a little bit about the about the unit that you set up, where uh, the actors of the company, of the OSF company, who have who, uh, who who are maybe not used to working with new playwrights or new scripts, are now working with uh, with, with new playwrights. Yeah. So uh, so OSF has this uh, really incredible process-based space called the Black Swan Lab for new play development. And the lab started officially in 2009 under the incredibly thoughtful and brilliant leadership of Dr. Louis Douthat. And the mission of the lab was twofold. It came at a time when uh, OSF was starting to launch these major new play development uh, commissioning programs, and new plays were becoming more present in the in the festival. And so there became this realization of you know now we're starting to introduce playwrights to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival as a home for new play development, and we have actors who very 
transparently and very generously said, you know, I've actually not had much interaction with new playwrights on the development of work. So how how can there be a space that all together can support the dialogue of playwrights and actors in the dramaturgy of new play development, as well as also just, you know, be a space where more and more playwrights can come to develop their work. So uh, what I love about the lab and what I think is really central to it is it's, um, it's a space within the repertory of OSF where we have an 11 show repertory and the lab becomes kind of that 12th space. Yeah. It's an ensemble of actors from the company who are yeah. part of it. Um, and we focus on reading plays around the table to hear them and to support and motivate the writer to continue to develop them. Yeah. So the plays are never auditioned. There's, you know, there's not really a performative process of trying to stage them at this point. It's yeah. really about plays that are in, you know, a very early point of discovery. And we just allow the work to kind of live and breathe in, you know, the actor playwright dialogue. Right. And so, you know, the lab tends to last about 10 weeks. Um, we often, you know, read anywhere between, you know, 20 to 30 plays during that time that are, you know, read around a table and discussed, um, you know, in terms of, you know, what are the reflections, what are the questions, what are the thoughts. And it's um, it's been, you know, for the last two years I've been able to curate it. Before then it was Louis. And it's just been such a gift to actually be in a space where uh, where you can just openly share and discover and, and have a certain type of peace around, you know, and by peace I mean the P-E-A, you know, C-E peace, you know, a certain type of... A peace of, around the peace? A peace around the peace, you know, just a way in which you can really be able to develop openly without... Um, without feeling like the play itself is being watched or the play itself is, you know, is being, um, you know, uh, I think audition judged. Word, I'll just go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah judged yeah, or auditioned. Audition. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just very much about process. And what, what it's been for the actors, you know, now at this point, I forget the exact stat, but I think like 115 actors at OSF have gone through the lab process. It's allowed them to, when they go into uh, rehearsal processes for new plays, yeah. to have, I think, a deepened, you know, empathy, understanding, connection to what it means to work with the new playwright and when they are generating work frequently within a rep you know within a rep rehearsal schedule yeah. which can be challenging it's like okay but I understand where this is coming from I'm understanding a writer's process and how I can engage with that well and it's got to help both actors and playwrights learn how to talk to the other you know exactly exactly yeah I mean that's what it's all about like I think that that central dialogue is critical because you know I often feel like an actor's dramaturgy is the most important dramaturgy in a process and I feel like you know, there's a way in which an actor can get to the pragmatic of a play, the way in which they can kind of navigate the questions of, you know, what is my character doing and navigate, like, the facts of a play, so to speak, that really support, you know, a playwright understanding the translation of their instincts. And so ultimately, I feel like, you know, it's critical for an actor to be able to respond when I'm embodying a character, you know, what am I actually seeing and what is my trajectory and what does that mean in order for a playwright to be able to understand what they need to include and what they don't. And so so, so, yeah, there's something about that relationship that I feel is so central to the work. And, and some of the plays that you have developed mm -hmm. have gone on to full productions here. Absolutely. And some of them have gone on to great lives and Tony nominations without ever having been produced here. Am I right about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So there's a combination of, you know, plays that we, uh, so we've commissioned uh, quite a few plays that we have, and you know, we have produced, including, you know, especially from American Revolutions all the way. Um, uh, Roe is another example that has had a you know a, a life beyond right. OSF uh, liquid plan 
Lane. And then there's also been plays such as Indecent, which are a commission through American Revolutions that um, had a life, you know, outside of OSF and are now coming home to OSF. You know, Indecent will be produced in 2019. And so I do feel like with a commission, that's that's often the question in terms of, you know, how do you let it live and breathe? And I feel OSF, you know, has this beautiful uh, desire to try to support a commission through to development, through to production. But we also understand that sometimes, you know, our cycle does not align with the playwright's desire and how do we actually let it, you know, Indecent was a great example where, you know, there was there was a lot of hunger for that play to be produced in other spaces at a time when, you know, for a number of different reasons, OSF did not. And so it, it's great to be able to say when you commission the work, you know, ultimately American Revolutions is a great example where they want the work to live and breathe in the field. They want it to not be just exclusively what OSF holds on to, but, you know, a canon for the entire field. So plays take a different journey. And when we commission, we never... Um, say to a playwright that we absolutely will produce this. We we try to be as transparent as we're getting drafts about our interest in production, but uh, you know, it's really about figuring out you know what the journey is and letting the discoveries be constant because you never know. You never know. That's the beauty with it. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your thoughts on dramaturgy and literary management to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks, as always, to funny, historical, tragic, romantic Matthew Croak. Web services by Ginger Power Limited. Music by John Weber and Garage. Band. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Jesse Bradish. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Octavio Solis, whose new play Mother Road will have its world premiere as part of OSF's 2019 season. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 621 1863rds of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Martha, thank you so much for helping me process the process. Oh, thank you so much, Austin. This has been such a joy. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.